Today on Truths That Transform. I believe that Christians are going to have an impact on this country that hasn't been seen in a hundred years before. I think America right now is being the fool by not paying attention to who is coming into our country, by not requiring them, like the sojourner in the Bible, to obey our laws and to follow our customs. That's not what's happening with our border right now. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Rob Pacienza, Senior Pastor of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, founded by Dr. D. James Kennedy. America has always been a generous nation, largely because of its Christian heritage. But there are those today who wish to use her generosity against her in an attempt to undo our nation altogether. Sadly, even some misguided public evangelicals have joined them. On today's program, we continue our look at five things the left doesn't want you to know, and you'll discover why America is still a nation worth fighting for. We begin with a closer look at the left's push to open our national borders. David Wright has more. The American people are so fearful of the government and they forgot to be fearful of God. And where the left is leading us now is anything but safe pastures. I think America right now is being the fool by not paying attention to who is coming into our country, by not requiring them, like the sojourner in the Bible, to obey our laws and to follow our customs. That's not what's happening with our border right now. We first have to pray and God will do his part, but that doesn't mean we can sit back and not do our part. The issue of immigration has long been an area of contention in America. Each year, millions of migrants gather at our southern border and attempt to enter. We have a crisis in this country when it comes to immigration because of our open borders. Today in this country, you have estimates of 10 to 12 million people are living here illegally. But many people actually believe that number is much closer to 20, 25 million. We do have poor, porous borders right now, in part because we've got a federal government that's too focused on too many things that uh, perhaps are not the federal government's job. And that causes the federal government to do less than a, an ideal job at doing the few things that only the federal government can do. One of the federal government's jobs is to come up with a uniform system of laws governing immigration and naturalization and to make sure that people uh, from outside of our country don't come into our country illegally. It's not doing that job as effectively right now as it has at other times in the past. States like Arizona and Texas and uh, California have just had an influx of people and you know that causes problems in emergency rooms and so on. Now, Again, I'm very pro-immigration. I think immigrants who want to come here and work and if they want to you know, make a better life for themselves, that's what America's all about. I'm all for that. But I think there's people are just fed up with the fact that more and more people are coming in disregarding the law. And you know, if you come in as a lawbreaker, 
then you know there's a likelihood that you're going to become a, a lawbreaker and other things as well, another criminal activity. Part of this immigration crisis stems from radical leftist policies. When Joe Biden took office, he immediately suspended deportations, began implementing catch and release, and overturned President Trump's remain in Mexico policy. We saw the numbers in, in 2021. You had over 2 million people who were apprehended by, by Customs and Border Protection. Over 2 million in one year, actually 11 months. Converse with the last year under President Trump, there were less than, than 600,000 people apprehended. And the over 2 million was those who were caught, not those who tried to gain entry. It's absurd. I, I have described this open borders approach, and, and I'm calling it open borders because you cannot accidentally stumbled upon two million people in a year entering the country illegally. That is no accident. I believe it's intentional. There is a push right now by various progressives that are convinced that we want to bring in all sorts of people across the border. I live in the state of Texas and I can tell you we're seeing just an enormous number of individuals, probably two million people this last year, crossing from Mexico into the United States. Now they're not all Mexican, matter of fact a lot of them are OTM, that's other than Mexican, from almost a hundred countries around the world, but they're coming in here. And then they're shipped out all over the country. One big problem with flooding our nation with illegal immigrants is its effect on election integrity. Uh, unfortunately, there are non-citizens who are registering and voting in many areas of the country. It's very easy for them to do it. Election officials don't do anything to, to certify or check on the citizenship of people registering to vote, and uh, that is a real problem. I think the hope is, is that these might be future Democratic voters. And so what we'll do is we'll just kind of incrementally allow non-citizens to vote. You have about 800,000 individuals in New York City can do that, but we've for many years allowed individuals to vote in the local elections in the San Francisco area as well. What is done in a very small, almost incremental way in San Francisco or in New York City could happen to the rest of the country, and that's why we need to pay attention. Those concerned with the crisis at the southern border note that many criminals are crossing into our country and often committing violent crimes. When you start saying, we don't need law enforcement, we don't even need a wall, we don't need borders, guess what? We found out, yes, we do need a wall because not only are people coming here in this country for the best opportunities, there are individuals who are potential terrorists and drug cartels coming across the wall as well. You see everywhere where we have a situation of shooting or somebody was killed or raped or something that you have uh, at the end, you will say this person came to America uh, six months ago or three months ago and it's illegal. It's very, very dangerous. It's dangerous even for them with the uh, human trafficking and everything, with uh, receiving maybe different kind of uh, uh, remuneration for people that will take advantage. We don't stand for that. We respect every human life, but we have, we have laws in this country. Chinese-produced fentanyl and other drugs are also being smuggled in through the southern border. And the results are making headlines. The New York Times recently reported that drug overdoses now kill more than 100,000 Americans each year, more than vehicle crashes and gun deaths combined. What the radical left won't tell you is that most nations have clear and defined borders. 
as well as strict immigration laws. Yet they categorize those who want to protect America's borders as intolerant and bigots. Should a nation be able to define its own borders and secure those borders so that the nation makes the decision of who comes in and when they come in? Well, that, that's the very definition of a nation. There's a big focus today on borders and sovereign borders. Now, it's interesting because we see a lot of hypocritical views on this. Of course, the progressives and the progressive left would love to tell Bible-believing Christians of you know, the importance of Jesus' love and, and sort of find a way to try to manipulate that to justify open borders. Uh, we, saw, we saw candidates on the campaign trail for the 2020 election that were actually you know, uh, Democratic candidates that were justifying using Scripture that Jesus would in fact be for open borders. I, I believe that's something we've never seen before in U.S. history in that way. It's interesting here because this very same people who are uh, crying out about how Russia is violating the sovereign border of Ukraine, and I believe that they are, and I believe what they're doing is wrong, just to clarify that, are, are the same people that are ignoring what's happening at our southern border. But others ask, isn't it the Christian and compassionate thing to help all refugees? There's a lot of confusion in the uh, church about open borders. Some people have bought into the compassion argument that somehow Christianity or Christ uh, requires that we open our borders. Just a little bit of discernment looking at that issue would show that that's a real fallacy. Does God love migrants and immigrants? Of course He does. He also loves taxpayers. He loves people that play by the rules and obey the law. So to, to suggest that because God loves all human beings, including migrants, that the United States must open its borders and allow literally millions of people to walk into the country would mean that God was endorsing the end of America as we know it. This country can't uh, support and pay for millions of millions of people coming into the country. Uh, it's not good for the American people, but it's also not good for many of the people who are trying to get to this country because it's very dangerous uh, to make the travel that many of them make to get across our southern border primarily. Uh, but this is an issue that Congress has not really done a good job debating. Let's fix the border issue first, fix our immigration, broken immigration system first. Then we can talk about what we do with folks who've come here illegally. One of the big mistakes that Christians sometimes make is that they want to apply the ethics of the church to the state. I heard a pastor say, and I'm sure that he was compassionate and meant well when he said, of course we should invite people into America and basically have open borders because after all, the gospel is for everyone. Yes, of course the gospel is for everyone, but that's not the role of the state. The role of the state is to keep order, to punish crime, and to keep its citizens safe. That's the role of the state. It is important that the church welcome everyone. That's the ministry of the church. But that is not the ministry of the state. It's popular these days, even among progressive so-called Christians, to ridicule those who esteem America and want to see her protected. Often, Christians who value the gift that America has been to the world are demonized as Christian nationalists, 
simply for saying things that were uncontroversial until recently. For instance, quote, we cannot read the history of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Where we have been the truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have attained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. Unquote. What kind of Christian nationalist theocrat would say such a thing? In this case, it's liberal icon Franklin D. Roosevelt. It is a purely modern leftist invention to view patriotism as a vice or as unchristian. Dr. D. James Kennedy recognized this for the nonsense it is. He sets the record straight in this portion of his stirring message, a nation worth fighting for. Imagine that the year was, say, 1939, and you were of draftable age. Your country was at war. You might very well be asking yourself the question, is this nation worth fighting for? Is it worth my dying for? Easy question to answer? Oh, I forgot. I forgot to mention that you live in Nazi Germany. Question just became a little harder to answer, I trust. We might ask ourselves the question, is this country worth fighting for? Or for that matter, any. The more precious anything is, the more valuable, the more a person would be willing to pay for it. Well, let's look and see what we have and how valuable it is. If we go back 500 or so years to a time when the old world was growing old and older by the year. Decay and despair were everywhere to be found. But unbeknownst to any of them, God had saved, God had reserved in the midst of two great oceans, the continent of America. For the latter times, as the last great hope of mankind, I have not heard that ever mentioned about any other nation but this one, the last great hope of mankind. Just look at the physical attributes of what has been given to us by God. From sea to shining sea, God has placed this magnificent land, which is most certainly of enormous value and worth fighting for. From the snow-capped mountains to the virtually limitless prairies now, gold with grain, from the countless rivers and thousands of lakes which make it fertile and green, God has given to us this abundantly productive land which is virtually capable of feeding the whole world, considering what we have been given, how much more should we be willing to return? And so, having reserved this land in the midst of the oceans, God at last prepared a people, those 
valiant pioneers, the pilgrims and the Puritans, came to establish that particular sort of land that God wanted it to be, a land where Jesus Christ was king and sovereign. As our founders said, we have this day, on July 4th, 1776, restored the sovereign to whom be glory forever. And God gave us those hearty men and women, the pilgrims and Puritans who were, above all, people of faith, people who loved God with heart and mind and strength and soul, people who loved his word and read it daily and determined to teach it to their children to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yes, this it was and is a very special land. It was built upon the foundations of the Christian faith. Other than those who have been so benighted by a secular school system or are so biased that they are unwilling to look at the truth, there can be no doubt that this was founded as a Christian nation. The pilgrims said that it was their hope that they would at least be a stepping stone to taking the gospel to all the nations of the world. Dear friend, that hope and prayer of theirs has been fulfilled. America has set out a stream of thousands upon thousands of missionaries and have reached actually every single nation on earth. And furthermore, we see more and more Christians sharing the gospel than ever before, and we find the number of people in this country that have actually come to a life-changing, saving experience with Jesus Christ is growing dramatically. We're called in the scriptures to be soldiers of Christ, to follow Christ, the captain in the well-fought fight, to serve in his army. And we're told that we're to take the word of God, which is the sword of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to put on the whole armor of God, and we are to fight the good fight of faith. That kind of army, however, does not kill people. The only statistics that it would have would not be of those that have been killed, but of those who were dead, who are made alive, who have found the joy of knowing Christ personally, of experiencing his love in their hearts, who have seen their lives and their homes and their families transformed by his grace. What a wonderful army that is, dear friend. And all of us are called to be a part of it. And if you are not, you can enlist today. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you receive him as the captain of your heart, that one that you're going to follow. And you are going to use the power of his word, the gospel of Christ, to quicken the dead, to change the hearts of those who are in love with evil. And the Bible says, God says, those that hate me love death. And they do. They love abortion. They love infanticide. They love suicide. They love holocausts. They love destroying people because they hate God. If their hearts are changed and that stony heart is taken away in a heart of flesh, 
that loves its God is placed in, they will love life. And they will do their best to see that others come to know that life. Ah, dear friend, God Almighty wants you and you and you in his army, the army of Christ, the army of life, that forever army which is changing and will change the whole world. Are you a part of that army? Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. My dad, Dr. D. James Kennedy, was an unashamed patriot. He never put America over the kingdom of God, but he recognized that America was a blessing from Jesus Christ and that our Christian foundation made us great. He also knew that it was our duty as Christian stewards to protect that inheritance. Far too many Christians today, including influential pastors and writers, look to gain cultural credibility by downgrading America and rejecting patriotism. That's bad stewardship. And that's why it's so important for you to understand how the left is negatively influencing America and taking us away from the founding ideals that made us a nation that the rest of the world wants to come to. We've produced a brand new hard-hitting documentary called Five Things the Left Doesn't Want You to Know. And we'd like to send it to you on DVD as our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry continue proclaiming the truths of God's word. On today's program, you've seen how the left doesn't want you to know how they're using open borders to tear down America. In the full documentary, you'll discover other key things the left doesn't want you to know, including the destructive impact of gender confusion, lawlessness, inflation, and public education. This documentary has just been produced and is practically up to the minute, and it includes experts like Eric Metaxas and former U.S. Senator Rick Santorum, among others. We'll send it to you to thank you for your generous donation. And if you're able to give a donation of $100 or more, we'll send you that DVD plus the encouraging book, Miracles in American History, Amazing Stories of Answered Prayer by Susie Federer. This book is one of the most popular we've offered in the history of this ministry, and we have now printed it in a special hardcover gift edition. Drawing on the historical research of her husband, William J. Federer, Susie Federer shows you God's powerful hand at work in American history. This beautiful new edition features full-color illustrations, and your faith will be encouraged by these thrilling, true accounts of God's intervention to protect and prosper America. It contains stories ranging from the American Revolution to Apollo 13, and you'll want to share it with your children and grandchildren. That's the just-produced DVD documentary, Five Things the Left Doesn't Want You to Know, as thanks for your generous donation. You'll get the DVD plus the book, Miracles in American History, Amazing Stories of Answered Prayer, just published in a beautiful, fully illustrated gift edition as our thanks for your donation of $100 or more. The deadline for our fiscal year is coming quickly, June 30th at midnight. 
With all that this pivotal election year holds, it is vitally important that we be able to fulfill our financial obligations and enter the second half of the year on strong financial footing, ready to engage our culture with the gospel and the truth of God's word. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. All through June on Truths That Transform, we have been investigating five things the left doesn't want you to know. This is not to demonize or demean anyone. This is because the left is, by its own account, built upon a secular foundation that excludes God and excludes biblical revelation. The modern left follows in the tracks of Karl Marx and of Jean-Jacques Rousseau before him. In fact, our modern political designations of left and right come from the division of the French National Assembly at the time of the Rousseau-inspired French Revolution, where those who wanted to overthrow the nation and begin again sat in the left wing of the assembly hall. During that revolution, the left-wingers rewrote the calendar to make a 10-day week in an effort to eliminate the biblical seven-day week. And they confiscated the Christian Cathedral of Notre Dame and rechristened it as the Temple of Reason. Their rule came to be known as the Reign of Terror in France as they executed their enemies and blood flowed in the streets. Anytime those who worshiped at the altar of secularism gain power, they bring danger. So it is essential that we know and understand what they believe and how they work. In response, we must of course vote for godly leaders. We are blessed with a political system in which we are given a voice. Good stewardship demands that we exercise that voice in a careful, thoughtful way informed by the Word of God. But I want to encourage you to do two other things. First, share Christ with those around you. Share Him in your actions as you love and serve them, and even through being gracious in disagreement. But also share Him by explicitly sharing the message of salvation. At the height of the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln called for a day of fasting. He said, We have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Unquote. When we bring people to Christ, they are grateful to him and they become better stewards of his blessings. And second, I want to ask you to pray for our nation. Pray that God would pour out his spirit upon us. Pray that he would change the hearts of those who oppose him so angrily. Pray that he would give our leaders from presidents to pastors wisdom. God told his people Israel, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. May it be so in America too. D. James Kennedy Ministries is standing for truth and defending your freedom. 
I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. John Peter Gabriel Muhlenberg was a pastor out of Woodstock, Virginia. And in 1776, he preached a sermon uh, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And what he said was, there's a time for peace, there's a time for war, now's the time to fight. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.